Blog Talk Radio. No intro. Okay. All right. I think we're live, Love Talk. Amen, amen. Y'all yeah. are in the house? Yeah. We're going to go live on Facebook and Periscope. And I'm just going to bring it back to Holy Spirit in my life. Uh, y'all need to let me know who's my mom. Vanessa? In my life. Okay. <laughs> you see, I don't get cues anymore, but this is what happens when, okay, if, if, if your, your crew gets comfortable. Sorry about that, Periscope. Welcome officially to Wednesday Warriors. Yes, yes, yes. It's okay. We got our Tulsa crew here in the house. I'm excited to start this edition of Wednesday Warriors tonight. Before we get into anything, I'm going to open up with prayer. And then we're going to dive in. Is that okay, Seth? Then that's what we're going to do. Father, I just thank you tonight for Wednesday Warriors. I thank you, God, for what you have brought together by your own hand through this outlet, God. You have literally uh, uh, orchestrated this according to your divine wisdom and also according to your divine need in this generation. God, I count it a privilege and an honor to be able to step into this position and treat this information and be able to dispense it, Father God, and represent you in this manner. Now tonight, I'm asking that you would open up the windows of heaven over this session, God, that you yourself would speak to your people, that you open hearts and minds and souls and spirits to what you want to release today. I thank you, God, for the fullness of the dispensation of the Godhead coming forth out of today's lesson, that what they need to receive and what they need to hear today, that you, Holy Spirit, you, the paracletos, you, that is the portion and evidence of Jesus Christ would manifest yourself in this word. Bear witness to yourself. Bear witness to your Savior. Bear witness to your agenda. Bear witness to your kingdom, God. Bear witness to your own offspring today as we step into this session. I'm asking God that you would impart what needs to be imparted. You would deposit what needs to be deposited to your people today, that they would know that they heard from you, that they will eat, Father God, from your table, from the manna, not the manna that they ate in the wilderness, Father God, and died, but the manna that we now can partake of on a regular basis through your spirit because of your son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. Now, we turn this time over to you, and we say, God, have your way. Uh, yes, God, open up what you need to release today. We give you full reign. We give you full authority. We say take preeminence and all the sovereignty in this moment right now, and let it be done, let it be so, and let it be complete in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you believe that, I want you to just give God a praise today. Hallelujah. If y'all believe that in the house, if you believe that and agree with that today, we want to invite the Holy Spirit in to do what he wants to do because I know that he wants to release some things. I know that he wants to say some things today for you. And so it, it's okay. Um, and so we are so thankful and grateful for what he wants to do, aren't we? Yeah. Yes. I'm excited tonight. Are y'all excited tonight? Yeah. As you can see, I'm already pressed for you. Y'all see that, Periscope and Facebook? I'm already pressed for you. I told you we were going to talk about darkness being locked in time. We were going to move some things forward in Chapter 7. I keep trying to rush through this book, but every time I do, what ends up happening, you all, is that for those who want to be fast readers and are ready to get to Chapter 8 and ready to be at the end of the book, what ends up happening is that people come across things or we say things and, and begin to release things in here that they don't understand. You know what I end up getting? Inbox. Yes, I get inbox, I get questions. Why? Because everything that Dr. Price said is replete with divine wisdom, layered wisdom in revelation that needs to be unlocked. 
we do here on Wednesday night is we unpack a very loaded revelation, a revelation that has a lot of layers and is attached to a lot of, or pulls together, I should say, a lot of sequences, okay? Sequences, patterns, cycles, prototypes, archetypes, okay, that the scripture outlines. Now, and the scripture does not outline all of those necessarily in consecutive order, which is why people get lost in the work. Because it's not in a consecutive order, right? right. As Dr. Price pointed out, you guys have heard me say this on Wednesday Warriors before, and that is not the entirety of every revelation is contained in one book, which is why you need the cipher. And who remembers what the scriptural cipher is? Or I should say what the key is to decoding all of the scriptures and finding out how every book of the Bible interrelates, interconnects, and talks with one another. Who remembers? Priests, you're like my favorite student. So, you know, he's like, wait, I'm working the camera. You, you throwing me off. My God. But what, what is it? Ms. Elaine is, is, is speaking of friends. Go ahead. Okay, but what's, who, what's the foundation of the continuum? This is going all the way back now. The foundation of the continuum. Matthew 117, yes, for the 14th event, correct. But what is the foundation? What is the central, okay, element or component that makes the continual work and that fits the whole thing together? Oh, this is so simple. Thank you. Linda has said it. Facebook, Periscope, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Revelation. Okay, we know that. Revelation 19, right? The testimony of what? Jesus Christ. In the spirit of prophecy. Why is that important? That the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy because the whole entire Bible is based on prophecy. It's what God foretold he would do in God. In an appointed season and an appointed time. Is it true? So the whole entire scripture is based on the word. In the beginning was the word. God does nothing without his word. How he got how he began to manifest himself is by his word. God manifesting himself, the self-existent one, came into animation by his word. Yes? So that is why it's important that we don't just rush through this because it's a layer thick. And it takes, uh, okay, some time to understand all the different layers of, of Jesus Christ, right? Because the continuum is broken up into three segments. What are those segments when it comes to Jesus Christ's life? Who remembers the three segments? And I'm coming around on you, Al. I didn't give them a chance, Facebook, to know that I was going to come around the table. Three segments. What are the three segments? Jesus. 
everlasting Jesus Christ. Everlasting Jesus Christ, why he never dies because he, you know, he gave us the Holy Spirit, right? Okay? Why you can't kill Christianity is because it is what John 3 said. You don't know where the Spirit flows. You can't destroy something you can't see. You don't know where it is. Right. So although people can persecute Christians and they can kill our flesh, Christianity will continue to multiply because now people become born from above or born after the nature of Jesus Christ is by the Spirit and not by a genetic code. It's not a biological genetic code that produces salvation, which is what you're taught when you're dealing with Islam and when you're dealing with the Judaism. Judaism understands that they are Jews by a genetic code, that they can trace all the way back to the covenant we have with Abraham. Isn't that true? Genetic code. But when we're dealing with Jesus Christ, he is not tracing us genetically by the flesh, by human DNA. What is he tracing us by? The spirit. Okay. But he's tracing your DNA by its origin. God says in 139 Psalms that while you are an embryo, a just a substance, a thought, and an idea in your parent's mind or womb, there is a whole life that exists for you. Because the genesis of your DNA starts in heaven, starts as spirit within. So when we're dealing with the, where the point of life begins, when we're dealing with that, when it comes to Christianity or God or creation, because Christianity ain't about faith, Christianity is about creation. Right. And we need to kind of, you know, settle that, don't we? That this is not about a religious system. It's about how, the, how God manages all of creation, everything that belongs to him. Is it true? Yeah, true. I know we just got into that. Didn't we? This movie is old school. Old school before the garden. But God says the point of origin for him starts with spirit. Because in order for something to manifest in the flesh, it has to have an existing archetype. The archetype, okay, the architecture has to exist. It has to have a framework. Adam's architecture existed before he breathed in him and made him a living soul. So his life did not begin at the moment God breathed in him. His body did. Right. Y'all with me? Yeah. Because as we said, the body is a prototype and it is existing, it is patterned, it's based on an archetypical or architectural design that predates it. If y'all remember that? Yeah. So that's how we got started in this thing. The, word, the reason why when we're dealing with before the garden, why you have to piece all of these things together, because otherwise you'll think that nothing the scripture says actually makes sense. In fact, Dr. Price had a quote. She didn't get a chance to read it on the Sunday morning. I don't know if you guys caught that, those are who are participating in Organic Sunday. She had a quote up there where God wrote inside of the Gideon Bible, inside of the whole tale, how ridiculous Christianity was. Because it was written at a time when basically people weren't smart. And first of all, there's all of these contradictions in it and errors. And I'm like, based on what? You know? All these contradictions and errors in it. And it was written at a time when man wasn't smart and they still believed that the earth was flat and that the sun was, you know, the earth revolved around, you know, whatever. The sun revolved around the earth. And all these kind of things. And I said, well, actually, that's not true. If 
and unenlightened okay, nature of man. Because let's look at how it is today. The more enlightened we become, the more the Bible starts taking on a different understanding. It took us being born in this generation to understand the continuum. Because of what? Technology. Technological discovery helped us to begin to understand what God was really saying to us in the beginning. It took discovery. It took invention. First of all, it took us tapping into what? Blue rays, red light, black light, infrared, and all of that to start understanding that not everything that's invisible means it doesn't exist. But that took a technological generation to break the seal on what God said about light in his scripture from the beginning. When he said what? The light will reveal everything that's done in secret. Because what he's saying to us by that statement is that what we call invisible, God calls the secret. And when he said all the secrets of the earth will ultimately be revealed when the light comes, he was not just talking about our Christian faith and us being enlightened in our reasoning and understanding. He was talking about all the operations of his hand will be revealed when the light has come. So I always tell people this, you guys have heard me say it before. Christians, the Bible was not written according to God's intelligence. It was written according to man's darkness. So God had to break down this information, which is why it's taken us so long to get through this book. Praise God, hallelujah. So God had to break down, okay, of what he was saying and what he understood to be true from his advanced knowledge or omniscience from life. Understand that God's omniscience is not just because he's calling all the shots and it's his will. Yes, that is true. But God's omniscience is also because he is totally right. Nothing is hidden from him. Right. Oh, God is here. Right. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Total life. If you have not started sharing this, I didn't say it at the beginning. We jumped right in. If you have not started sharing this, you need to share tonight. Because, again, we're going into those places that help you understand the distinctions of your faith. Why Christianity is different than all the other religions, and it doesn't fit in the pantheon because it, well, it runs it. Ah, it created the office of the pantheon. They're ruling by permission, and they're ruling by assignment. Those other religions are on assignment. They have an appointed uh, commission. They have an appointed purpose. Evil has a purpose. Darkness has a purpose. So God is not just omniscient because he knows everything because he started it all. That's obvious because everything came out of him was birthed out of the capital of his will. But when you are total life, and there is nothing that can be hidden from you because you are so light. You can see everything. Yeah. Oh, my God, don't you think that that's going to give you some advantage? 
God has to receive you into his kingdom. It's not an inalienable right. Forgiveness by God is an inalienable right. How do I know? That's what? That's my scripture? That's what happens if you don't read that organic word. When you read that word, okay, you read that filtered word from your pastors or your latest sermon and the latest slogan. We have more slogans about Christ than we have words. Okay? We are full of so many slogans that you don't realize how much word you have not read. Well, I'll prove it to you. You ooh, Tamir gonna hit me if I do want to. No, 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 no. I'm gonna behave. I'm gonna do. The, I'm gonna do the digital Bible. Ooh. <laughs> if you not, I'm gonna have this guy read some things with me. God has to receive you. Jesus has to accept your prayer. You have to be accepted into the kingdom. And there are real signs. He lets you know, these signs will follow all those who believe. Why did he say that? Because he wants you to have signs to know that you've been accepted. He wants you to have signs to know that you have been sealed by the kingdom, that you've been translated. If there are not things, and we've gotten so comfortable with making it better comfortable that we don't realize that the more comfortable people are with their sin, the more in they sign that you have not been accepted into his kingdom. Wow, and which is why he can turn around and say, depart from me, I never knew you. Okay? How do I know that forgiveness? First of all, who knows that in the Bible, Paul let us know that forgiveness must be granted. He gives you the ability to repent. If God doesn't give you power, I know it. Come on. I, we, we can say two instances in the scriptures right in there. Come on. But I'm going to name the most popular one because the other one ain't so popular. Y'all going to have to do homework. <laughs> the most popular one. But I harm you, fellow heart. See? God has to put the desire in you to want to repent. We all know that if he did not put us in certain trials and tribulations in our lives, we would have never gotten to a posture of repentance. He had to give you the desire to want to stop your erroneous way. If not, you became and just run headlong into hell. Cain could not repent, and God didn't bring it to him. Esau Another thing, y'all got to read the organic scriptures before y'all get out there challenging and saying how erroneous this is. Go back to the organic word. Come out of your slogans. Come out of the fortune cookies. Come out of the, come on here. Come out of those little slips of paper. Come out of the bookmark, Christianity, and step back into the full word and the full counsel of God as he wrote it without your preacher's head giving you a superimposed interpretation of what's written. Okay? Let's come out of that. Share, 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 share. Come on, y'all know y'all want to share this tonight because we all the way in before the garden, aren't we? We stepping on the garden. <laughs> so Esau, let's go there. Esau said what? Esau just going to Hebrews to find out that Esau tried to repent. So repentant, bitterly, and said, with tears. And God didn't forgive him. He didn't accept it. And you know why? Because he said you knew what you were doing. For all of those who believe that you can go and commit a sin and just ask God for forgiveness later. There is something in, in uh, Hebrews, I believe, called willful sin. But if you sin willingly, 
Look it up. I want to say it's Brown chapter 5 and 6. Hebrews. Okay? Go back to the organic word as it was written and not as your neighbor is giving it to you. We've got the telephone game happening. And people's salvation are being, is being jeopardized on the telephone game. That's why Jesus first came saying what? You have heard it said, but I said. Because he recognized that it's the telephone game. That by the time he got there, the whole entire reason for the law had been perverted and distorted. In fact, he said, you turned my house into what? They are just nothing to sacrifice. You're talking about losing touch with why they were doing this. Hey, come on, you get a little job over here. Come on, no, no, no. I get Jesus had to literally whip the enemy out of his own house to cleanse and to purge because they had lost touch with the meaning of the word. So you have to be received by Christ. Let's go to John 17. First of all, if you ever want to see what God's real opinion about anything is, just listen to the book of John. If you can stomach it, listen to the book of John over and over again. Because you be the side of Jesus Christ that talks about himself that we'll ever hear preached. Luke and John. And then some things we just come on and start right by, don't we? Okay? The first thing I'll say is John 1. John 1 says what? The infamous John 1 says that as many as those would believe, he would give them the what? Right to become sons of God. It's a right. It's a right. It's not something that you can just, that someone can bestow to you. People can drag you to the altar, but you have to be received by Jesus Christ. John 17, my favorite. I just want y'all to know that this is like one of my favorites. I love John 17. Uh, it's the best prayer in Scripture. I mean, most people know the Lord's Prayer, but my God, John 17, Jesus himself can just take you down with his own mouth. Okay, and then rebuild you with that same mouth. Okay, because he will destroy your sin and, and somehow inspire your soul. And how does he do? Okay, because that man can get you with the truth. And he just says it as it is. He don't even try to do nothing else. And I'm like, okay, God, I'll put you on that. John 17. Okay, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that you should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that you may know the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glory. That's why the people who just talk about God, 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 but they never mention Jesus Christ, be afraid. Be very afraid. Okay? Because he is the dividing line so that we would always know which God we're talking about. Because everybody was calling them God. They had the hope we're all the same God. It's, you know, whether you say Yahweh or Allah or Krishna or Brahma, it doesn't matter. We're all the same God. See, they had that issue when Jesus came. Because remember, Israel was already misdesignated. So for the thousand things and incorporate a thousand things in the pantheon. The Kabbalah was you was involved with all types of mysticism, all types of new age stuff. So Jesus Christ came to say, but if you can't do it my way, and if you can't do it through me, and you can't come by me, then you ain't getting to the Father. You ain't getting to this God here that grants eternal life. You're not getting to the creator. 
be the creator, God. So I'm here to be the, the distinction, which is why everything he did was talking about division. We and tear, sheep and go. Come on. If you look at the parable, look at Luke 13. Mm-hmm. I said that's Luke. Luke 13, actually. My goodness. He is the dividing line. So people who can't do Jesus Christ cannot do God. Now, let's keep going. Y'all all right? Y'all still hanging with me? Come on, Periscope and Facebook. Get on board with us tonight. Because we're going in. I promise y'all this is going to back right up to what you guys are seeing on the board. And what we're doing in Chapter 7. If you don't have your book, get them out. Chapter 7, page 110. Chapter 7, Before the Garden. If you have not purchased your copy of this wonderful book, written by our favorite author, Dr. Paula A. Price, Please do so by visiting www.drpaulaafright.com. Get your wonderful book. I see journals already out because we're going all the way in tonight. All right, so let's keep going. Talking about Jesus Christ. All right, whom you have sent, verse 4, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given, given me to do. Just as this so y'all know that Jesus was working. For those who think that we ain't got to work, his burden is easy, his yoke is not. Jesus was working. He said he and his father have been working since the beginning. They're working this plan out. And them angels are working. Go back and read Luke and Matthew. Okay? Sean Day. Because they're the end of the age reapers. So, and now... Oh, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. He preferred that his pre-carnate life. So that verse is talking about Jesus' pre-carnate existence before he became flesh, before the world was. Y'all with me? That's y'all. That's what I love this. Number six. I have manifested your name to the men you have given me out of the world. Pay attention to that. He's given you these people out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now, how do you know that they already belong to God? But these names were written before the founding, okay? But the elect was written before the foundation of the world. And they were in the Judaic faith. Come on here. He said, you gave them to me. Which is an argument. We'll go there on that statement. I'm going to leave it. Man down. Walking away. Okay. You gave them to me. They kept your word. Now they have known all the things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you gave, you have given me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. Now listen to this. It's powerful. Verse 9. I pray for this. I do not pray for the world. I do not pray for the world. But those whom you have given me. So for those that think that God's going to save the whole world, Jesus ain't even praying for the whole world. He ain't even asking God for the whole world. He's only asking for what God gave him. That's why you can hear 
only going after what was given to him. He ain't going after see this whole idea that he's crying over sinners and people and haters and all this kind of stuff is not Bible. That's not the Jesus Christ that came and talked and walked on the planet. He's not crying over that. He's only he's not even praying for Who ever read that before? This man ain't even talking about it. So let us all cry in heaven. He ain't praying about it. I do not pray for them, but not for the world, but those whom you have given me. For they are yours. The foundation of God is this. He knows all those that are his. Y'all with me? Yes. Ah, this is all right tonight. And all, all are mine are yours. And yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world. But these are in the world. And, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them through your name. Those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those you, whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition. That the scripture might be, be fulfilled. It was already ordained and planned for Judas to betray. That's the continuum. The whole concept of the continuum is that all of these things were not a surprise. They were already pre-orchestrated. Set in motion at the beginning of time. Y'all all right. But now I speak to you these things I speak in the world that they may have my may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and they, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. So this whole idea that we're supposed to be walking around looking for acceptance, where is that? Somebody show me the, the scripture where we need to be be more loving and kind so that the world would not. So where is it? Where is the passage that says it? You see how we get stuck? Because we don't read the organic scriptures. You're reading sermon notes and interpretations, which are largely people's fears. God is not afraid of the world, but we are. We're afraid of the world. Would you not say? All right, y'all, all right? Mm -hmm. He said, they have hated them because they are not of the world. So the reason why people are not liking you is because you're not from here. <laughs> you don't belong to this culture. You don't belong to a trend. You don't belong to a society. You don't belong to contemporary or ancient times because you're not from here. So when people try to tell you that your practices are outdated, you go back to John 17 and say, well, I ain't even from here. So I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even from here. We don't even do this where I come from. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. So that is the objective, which is why we're always talking about guarding your soul, guarding your will, and guarding your mind to be kept from the evil one. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world, and for their sake I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by your truth. Because we don't recognize what the continuum is bringing us. We think that it's about us, which is why we're doing anything. We're, we're, we're jumping over who? Doing cartwheels to try to get people saved. When, when did this just say? What did y'all get out of John 17? I'm going to see what y'all got. What'd you get? It's not for everybody. Who 
proves the life. It proves the righteousness of the life. Why didn't God get rid of it? Because the purpose of the time of darkness, which kept started in the beginning, when God didn't choose in Genesis to eradicate the darkness, but separate it, quarantine it. Because Jesus said himself, there are going to be those that will love the darkness rather than light. And we have to do something with people who would rather be in darkness. Whose souls cannot shake the need for corruption and perversion. You ever know a friend who just can't shake the need? And it just becomes a sad situation. Man, they just died of an overdose. They couldn't shake it. They couldn't shake the need. Ah, come on here. So the purpose of the time of why we had the 24-hour cycle, why God set the sun, okay, will rule in the day, and the moon will rule at night, giving both spheres a time. A time. How do I know it? Paul says, but we are of the day. Did he not? Oh, you got to know scriptures. That's pretty yeah. a piece of revelation. Mm-hmm. But we are of the day and not of the night. Jesus said, work while it is because of coming when no man can. I'm going to give darkness a season to sit and sort. The book of Revelation says he comes up out of that bottomless pit one last time, doesn't he? To harvest. He lets them loose. To harvest. So the whole purpose of why time exists is to give darkness a time frame and a season because the light will be everlasting. The light is from everlasting. The light will be eternal. The light was always eternal. So the light is never bound by a time. What it does is it enters in in strategic moments to regulate darkness's time frame. Oh, Jesus comes. We are at the end of the age, the end of time, the end of the age. How are you going to be at the end of the age when we still here? We still on the planet. I always wanted that. Do you always want to ask, how is it the end time? How is the end of the age? How the end of the age over? And he ended, and it was the end of the age because he ended the, the, the reign of death and darkness uncontested. Which is why he kept saying, light of the world. He literally restarted Genesis. Nobody paid attention to that. But he restarted Genesis. Because in the beginning, what did he do in Genesis? He declared what first? Light. I didn't hear it. Let me, light. what? Light. In the beginning of Genesis, he said, let there be light. When he comes to John 1, what does he say? I am the light. He declares himself as the light, letting you know that light is coming back in again to regulate darkness. That's why he's the last act. He literally restarts this whole thing himself. This time, not needing to create an archetype or a prototype because the flesh already existed. But this time, to create the circumstances that will bring about their agenda, which is reconciliation back to heaven's way. Simultaneity is what we've been talking about. 
means what? And to reveal what will not work for him. 
and what will not conform or comply. So we think that the world thinks that they're doing this, uh, uh, this you know, amazing disservice by talking about how much they ain't going to do Christ. That's a part of the plan, too. That's your role in this continuum. Because your job is to reveal everything that will not work and to get you to confess it and confirm that you will not do it. Oh, so, so no matter which side of the coin, you're in the will of God. The heathen is in the will of God just like you're in the will of God. Oh, come on in, please. Because Satan's revolt was a cleansing agent for sin. He's like, hey, Job said the most amazing thing, not even the heavens are pure in God's eyes. Why? Because he knows that in heavenly places, he's got all these demonic forces, which is why he gave us some keys to do some stuff, didn't he? So Satan's job is to reveal the problem, is to reveal what will not, what will not work for God and what is unusable by heaven. Are we okay? So this is about that time. So the reason why we have the, the day and the night and the, 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 the evening and the morning were the first day and then the second day was so in the evening and the morning. Darkness first, then the light. Darkness sits, sort, all of that, then the light comes. God comes after the purging and the trial and the tribulation. And doesn't he do that in your own life? He comes after the enemy has kicked your behind. Okay? And broke you down. Because in that moment, you can be glorified. Nebuchadnezzar. Then I looked up and I can worship. Because you cannot see God if there is no distinction. Because now the alternative existed, confusing the matter. See, if we never knew it, it'd be one thing. If nobody ever knew it, that'd be another thing. But now we know it, something has to be done with it. Something has to be done with the false. Something has to be done with the alternative word. And the only way people were going to know that God was right is by living, his, living the alternative option. So in the appointment, she talks about in one ten that God predetermined, okay, I'm going to read a little bit down further because we talked about some of this last week, that once he did God's predetermined will, sovereignly began to impose his eschatological program on the earth. Why the eschatological? Eschatology deals with what? The end time. Because God already put a plan, pre-programmed in creation, the end time, the darkness. Isn't it amazing that the book of Revelation never tells you what God's doing in the midst of it, but it tells you all how he's going to eradicate and deal with darkness? Everything in the book of Revelation is about the wipeout of darkness. So the entire end time is dealing with the end of the reign, the rule, the corruption of darkness. Because after that, he said we won't need time because everybody's going to be in the light. Everything goes back to the way it began. In the beginning, God said, let there be. They would life with us from the beginning. Hmm. And there'll be no more. So he won't need anything else. Are y'all with me? 
So he talks about that. Okay, Christ's manifestation started outwardly, working what the Almighty wrote ahead of time. Apocalyptic prophecy encoded throughout creation went to work achieving its foreordained purpose. What was the foreordained purpose? What was predestined? What had to be worked out? The reconciliation. When he got to earth, God's determination to save the world had to be encoded because he knew the enemy would try to take advantage and pervert what he was doing. So he had to encode the reconciliation. He had to encode the salvation plan. He had to encode his own victory in the planet to ensure that we would get back to the way the world was before the revolt. We think we're going back, back, back to the garden. No, God wants to go back to the way the world was before Satan's revolt. So before Satan revolted is what he's trying to reconcile and bring us back into. Y'all right? Before the garden. Simultaneity, the same as it was. Glorify me before the world was. Because see, before earth was, come on, he wasn't dealing with all of this. Oh, y'all with me? Yeah. Everything was under his control. Everything was under their suggestion. He was not dealing with all this before the world was. Oh, y'all are right. So he wants to bring us back into that. So because of sin originating in heaven, God had to predestine and pre-code the earth to be restored. Y'all are right. So predestination became necessary after sin, after sin. Because before then, it was already God's destiny that everything would live and have life. And have life more abundantly. They were already living that way. So him having to predetermine what? Oh, come on, y'all. Because yeah. y'all don't know if y'all with me tonight or what. Okay, come on in the place. But I just got to say this. So predestination became necessary when the split in creation happened. And God now had to choose what would be reserved for himself and what he would have to let go because the faith is forgotten. He had to now say, I'm up in that point. He said, I won't pray for the world. Because I know that not everything in the world is mine. I know that everything in the world belongs to me. So I'm not going to pray for myself when I don't own. And when I've already cast out. And when I've already prejudged. And when I've already predetermined. Oh, come on in the place. When they moved on, and this when people found in him, they knew immediately that the eschatological or reconciliation sequence had to go in motion. Mm-hmm. They all say, you know how it is that your computer already has a system, a, a, a code built in it, that if you hit some certain button, you can recover. Mm-hmm. A recovery system. We have it for our own technology. Why wouldn't God have it before he set creation in motion and made the decision he was going to give every living being free will? If you're going to give every living being free will, then you need to be able to recover from their decision. And their choices. And their options. So what happens when they decide not to choose you? Oh, come on in the place. So the recovery plan went in motion, which means now that predestination became necessary. So we can predetermine what we're going to do with those that believe and those that never will. Y'all with me? Yeah. It was a part of the time piece. See, time kick-started or the time piece brought into existence a lot of elements that became necessary for God's 
So that's why all of this became necessary. These became agents of the recovery. God knew he was going to have to set time in motion. So Thank you. So that it would literally give him the season to find his people. Y'all with me? It would give him, enable him to make the decision to his people. So if this is the season that we're going to appoint. This is the appointed era for us to find what belongs to us and our creation. Because Jesus Christ was promised an inheritance. He was promised a seed of his own kind. So this will be the season in which we will sift and sort and give the seed a chance to decide before we integrate them back into the Make them back members of our world. So if we're going to have a time period, then now we're going to have to have all of these other elements to control time. Prophecy is a key element of God controlling time. He's not going to have to prophesy when we're in heaven. We'll be going, we're going to talk about the future. <laughs> okay? So prophecy became a necessary element and tool because of the kickstart of time. Because it was to trigger all of the things that he, would, he encoded for different eras and different seasons that would continue to propel the planet toward the reconciliation. God with me. So that when the restitution time came, we would be on point and on target. And he didn't do it necessarily by calendar days, and we know why. Because, first of all, we, we got too many countries on different calendars. First of all, the world be confused. Yeah. Jesus coming when? When he coming? How you going? He going to come in New York time? He coming in Central Standard time? He coming in Zimbabwe time? Don't come in Ethiopian time because he already came because they came years are behind us. <laughs> they going to miss the rest. He's not doing it by earthly calendars and events. He's using prophecy. He's using prophets. He's using events. He's using seasons. He's using destiny. Destiny is also your destiny and purpose became an element and of the timepiece to keep time moving toward God's agenda and end. Your purpose became a part of that. That's why Timothy can say, but. You were called with a holy calling before time began. So before God had to set darkness in motion, which would blind you to everything we said that you would be, we gave you a call. Oh, y'all with me. And now prophecies to awaken that call. Prophecy brings light. It brings light. And it brings time, and it brings season for the earth. Yes? yes. How many of y'all enjoyed that tonight? Can I spoke y'all home with me the whole time? Because I know we did some class tonight. I hope y'all had your journals out in your book and your Bible. <laughs> Facebook, y'all all right? They hanging it. They getting it. We're getting it. Facebook was getting there tonight. Okay, they was they, they had some they had some plans. They need to go eat some dinner and you know do some family things. Periscope was like we in the word tonight. We know what we need to be on this evening. We need to be in this scripture because see why these are the 
time in heaven, and he did some with God that when he um, caused Adam and Eve to sin, that he was able to take the coat. So he was able to take the coat. So he thought I had the key to the heaven. Okay, he had to worship. Okay, but let's think about this as a controversial statement that goes out tonight. The earth, he said to, to Adam, what? Replenish.
but this thing is about you becoming like he is before the world was. And we're not going after. That's why Jesus said, don't, don't mark yourself, don't find an idol, because there's nothing in this world that's been patterned after me. I am not of this world. This world has been patterned after a demonic template and prototype. So there's nothing in it, not the ground, not the birds, not the sky, not the sun. There is nothing in the world that you can worship. There's nothing in the world that you can use to typify or glorify or express the image of God with because it doesn't bear the image of it was destroyed. It's in the dark season. We're in the season of darkness. Oh, y'all are right. That's why God says don't do it. Don't put an angel on your wall. Don't even, don't, don't even have thousands of crosses up because we didn't start that either. You're going to get the history of that. That didn't start with our pizza, okay? Praise God. But you can't use all of those things, okay? We work with you what we can. Uh, put the word up. Just put the word up. Praise God. Put the word up. Okay? Put the word up. Okay? I don't say that so that you live in fear, but so that you would do things in wisdom. Okay? So that you don't, you're not owned by those images. Okay? You're not owned by that. But that you recognize that you are the express image yourself of the invisible God. He says that your very own temple is of the Holy Spirit. So you don't need to go find an artifact to try to identify something you already possess. We all need that. Because you have already been sealed and marked. Oh, come on. Yeah. God said we're inscribed on his hand. So if you're looking for a good tattoo, we already got it. You're home. You're home. Okay? Because you don't need to pattern yourself after that. Because that's how these other gods are using that to sift, sort, and harvest. Because they're also out to recruit for God. The angels of light and the angels of darkness are all recruiting for, for their God. For actually the Almighty God. Are we able to say that? Oh, we have to tell you now, so y'all have to go on with it. Mm-hmm. But they're both recruiting for the Almighty God. One recruiting for those that belong to judgment, and the other recruiting for those that belong to redemption. So, so your seat tonight, www.thomaschrist.com. Get a seat out. Always soak into God's word because we're looking for multiplication. What you sow into is what will be multiplied back to you. And a lot of times we sow into a lot of reasons and a lot of things, but not necessarily for the word of God to be multiplied back to us in our lives. Is that okay? Y'all sit with me? All right. It's going to be a pop quiz after this, y'all. So I want you to sow tonight. I want you to give into this. I want you to not just give into this, but give into your inheritance. See, this is your inheritance. This doesn't belong to the mother God. It doesn't belong to culture. It doesn't belong to entertainment. It doesn't belong to Buddha. It doesn't belong to Allah. This is your inheritance. And I want you tonight to sow into your inheritance and what you belong to. Amen. I want to pray over you guys as we go throughout the week. Praise God. I have my family on tonight. Senior Wheeler, Apostle Valley Shady, Pastor Lois Rivers. Pastor Rivers, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for what God is going to be doing in your life. Go back to the word of the Lord and be ready. Be ready. Okay? Because a lot of things have been messed out and predestined for you. And, and those, come on. 
the storms of life may come, I want you to know that God is with you. Hold fast to the word that gave you. So I'll call the gardener and the science. Yes, these are my new warriors and friends that I'm so excited to have on. Shan Graham, Shan, you're about to get a break somewhere um, in your life. Uh, God is about to work some things out for you, and this is going to seemingly come out of nowhere. Uh, but you're about to get a, a, a literal turn around in something unexpected. It looks like it's going one way, and then that's the way that it's going to happen. But God says, hold fast, because he's about to literally throw a curveball into a situation for you. And you're about to get a break, and you're like, I wouldn't even expect that. I just already kind of just said, Lord, I guess I'm going to take it up, put my hands up. But he says, you're about to get a break, and so continue to stay on the word of the Lord and allow him to work some things out for you. For Nisha, you're also going to get a prayer answer. You've been asking God for a certain provision to come through so that you can break through in your life. I don't know if it's for education, for school, or something else that you're pressing him for, but God says he's going to work out the provision for you. This is the season where you're going to watch him make a way out of nowhere. Literally, make a way out of nowhere. Thomas Yarber, I'm so excited about you and your growth in God. Continue to be a warrior fan because God is going to use you in some amazing ways. Continue to declare the truth and be that voice of distinction and continue to stand out. He says, don't grow weary and don't allow the trials and tribulations to uh, knock you off your, your, your course. This is the season to stay the course. There's a lot of things, you know, trials can make us almost make different decisions in God, okay, and throw us right out of the will and right out of the plan. Sometimes we need to endure the rough season because it's for our testing, it's for our correction, it's for our reproof, and most of all, it's for our wisdom so we don't mess up over our destiny. So stay the course. Stay the course, Thomas. For Abigail and for uh, Nilda, Nina, Jomina, thank you for watching tonight. We're going to say a prayer over you. Angela Namiba, congratulations. Uh, come on. If you're on your way, promotion time. Going into your season of promotion. Congratulations to you on getting ready to be ordained as a prophet. Come on here. God is working the work. So you'll be praying for your granddaughter, Ariel, to get a breakthrough in healing. I'm asking God today for mercy, mercy, mercy to move in this situation. God, let your mercy prevail. I know that it is your prerogative, but we call upon it today on this young life, God, to give her an opportunity to get something straight with you, to work something out in her own soul concerning you and her destiny and her purpose, God. I thank you for your mercy and grace moving on that situation and not allowing, Father God, the darkness to take her out prematurely before she can get her life together with you. I'm asking today, I'm pleading and standing the gap, God, for her salvation and for her life, that she gets a chance, God, to know you in this world before before she stands before your face, God. I'm asking that you would move in off your most and and be moved by the prayers of your saints, be moved by the prayers of the righteous, let them prevail much on her behalf as darkness tries to do his bidding for her soul. So I thank you right now in Jesus' name that you would rise up, God, in this situation, in this, because we, the righteous, are asking for her life, God, to be restored back to her 100-fold in return, God, so that she may come to know you. And I put an assignment and heat of salvation on her. God, that the angels and forces of redemption will not please and fill, Father God, you can turn the board on this day for your healing, for your deliverance, and for you choosing, Father God, to step up in this situation where right now we're releasing your reward, that you will get your return on this and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Bishop Peterson, uh, thank you for watching tonight and praying for you to work out some things in your life. God 
force of strength to bring them up. Amen. So keep standing. Marcia, great to see you on tonight. Thank you for watching and being a part of the Warrior family. Anita from New Jersey, I love it. You said tonight I'm ready and I'm glad because I believe that was a prophetic statement to the Lord that you are ready for the next phase that he's going to take you in in your life. God said, just remember, just know this. He's going to take over. There's going to be something in your life where he is just going to literally take over. So be prepared for a sovereign move in your life and for the sovereign hand of God to continue. Well, I can continue, but literally to take you in to a whole other direction from where you are right now. If you're ready, God says that he's going to be ready. So get ready because it's going to be a ride with him. Praise the Lord. Tommy Ingram, thank you for watching tonight. Rachel Uruguay, Ron Bailey. God, I thank you for working out some things in Ron's life right now. God, he needs you to move on from certain matters on his behalf. So I'm asking that, Lord, today that you would be the intervener and the intercessor and the advocate for him, Father God, in certain matters where he does not necessarily have the voice or the power. And I don't know if it's him in particular or if it's someone in his family or sphere of life, God, that really does need you to intervene as the advocate. They need an advocate from heaven for you to come in and, and intervene and impose your own right on certain matters and situations that they're facing, and which it seems like the world has gotten the better of them on these things. But God, thank you that greater is He that is in us and He that is in the world, and that you are a God of justice, you are a God of mercy, and you are a God of grace, and you are a God of, of discretion and equity. So God, I thank you for moving on His behalf. I don't know that it's for Him personally, God, but somebody in His sphere that is in the heat right now is allowing us to break into. So I thank you, God, for moving on His behalf and making it so in Jesus' name. And God, for Terror Dusty Terror, you already know. Save the course. Save the course. Save the course. Seeking for more and call the red Thank you guys for watching tonight. I release a blessing on all of you this week. God, I thank you for overturning. This is going to be a week where you're going to overturn some things, God, where there has been blockades, where there has been barriers, God, and restrictions, and there has been some, God, a, 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 a moment where they are not able to progress and prosper and, and move ahead and make advancements, God. I thank you that you are working around. You're going to just work around and outwit and outsmart the enemy and pull people literally out of high spaces where their backs are literally against the wall, whether it's a financial wall, whether it's a wall with family. Some people, their mouth 
Ooh, yeah. 